0: Hello, AP Gov, and welcome to the Unit 5 review. So you can find the review on E-Class, or, well, I don't think I printed one off for you. Uh, Anyways, uh, so this is just the the second episode, so you don't have to listen to all of it at once. You can pick and choose what you want to listen to, Unit 4 or Unit 5. So let's get going with Unit 5. So the first thing, there's the 14th Amendment, and this is probably the biggest amendment uh, for Unit 5. Uh, This is the one that defines what is a citizen. Uh, And so that's what everybody knows about it. The second parts, people just kind of gloss over or don't know that it's there. There's two very, very, very important clauses in the 14th Amendment. you have got equal protection and due process. Equal protection, we have applied to our civil rights section. The due process, we have applied to our civil liberties section. Equal protection, it sounds so simple. Laws should be applied equally to everybody in this country. All right? Uh, and that's what the equal protection clause says, is that as a citizen, all laws should be applied equally to you. Uh, And so that's this is why if someone is is fired because of their race or discriminated against because of their religion, they have a case based on the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. It's something that is still cited and used today. Um, The due process clause uh, we tie to our civil liberties and that if the government is going to try and take away your natural rights as a citizen, so that means they're going to try and uh, put you in jail, uh, then they have to treat you fairly throughout the process. And that is all those amendments, the fourth through the eighth that we talked about. So the fourth, no unlawful search and seizure. Fifth amendment, you don't have to testify against yourself. The sixth amendment, your right to fair and speedy trial. The seventh amendment deals with civil side. The eighth amendment, your right to no cruel, unusual punishment. All those things have to be given to you and applied to you under the due process clause. If any of that stuff is not done, then you have a case or an appeal, appeal at least. All right, next up is affirmative action. So affirmative action is a program that was created by the government uh, back in the, I don't know the exact year. Uh, It was sometime in the late 60s, early 70s. Um, But it was to try and make up for past discrimination. It was to try and uh, make the process hiring uh, as fair as possible. And so the, the policies or the policy itself uh, kind of created a situation where businesses, colleges, things like that, were supposed to have a certain number of um, minority candidates, minority individuals uh, in their workforce. So that's where uh, what what affirmative action is as a whole. Now we've had cases throughout the years that have kind of attacked uh, affirmative action. Let's start with the the second one on your list because it become it comes. First, uh, and that is going to be the uh, Bach versus the the uh, California University of California uh, case. So Bach was a Vietnam vet, and he comes back from uh, Vietnam and is wanting to go to medical school. So he applies at the University of California, and is denied. Denied. He applies again, and is denied a second time. Now, someone in the University of California's admissions office is feeding information to somebody, whether it's to Bach himself, whether it's to Bach's lawyers or whoever, but they find out that the University of California has set aside 20 spots for minority candidates based on affirmative action, and somehow they find out as well that uh, Bach's scores, test scores, uh, were just as good or better than some of those candidates. So this is what triggers the case. Now, the case is going to get to the Supreme Court. And the supreme court is going to eventually rule that quotas minority quotas m- minority set-asides or whatever you want to call it uh should not happen okay you can still use race uh but you should not have these quotas that are set aside uh for minorities so that is uh the ruling now fast forward to 2003 with the grutter versus bollinger case uh in this case um the University of Michigan Law School was trying to diversify their program, their their law school, and they had, I don't know if they necessarily came out and said that they had set aside uh, spots for uh, minority groups, uh, but that's kind of what they were doing. And the court is going to rule kind of this way. They're going to rule that you still should not have quote is you shouldn't have the racial set asides. However, they did say that race could be used uh, in consideration, but it should not be the deciding factor. So it's okay to use as a you know, way to, to, um, to differentiate, but it shouldn't be the deciding factor for people getting into college. All right. Women's rights. Uh, and it says there, what has been created to extend them. So think about the long list of things. Um, you know, we went over the 19th Amendment the big one, the voting right, uh, the right to vote, excuse me, not the voting rights. Um, <clears throat> so that's probably the big one. But we also have the Equal Pay Act that we talked about. There was an attempt with the Equal Rights Amendment. Uh, so just some of those things. Brown versus Board of Education. Uh, this is you know a huge case. You've got it throughout your, your high school career. Uh, probably even into elementary and middle school, you've had talks and discussions about the Brown versus Board of Education case. It used the equal protection clause of the 14th Amendment to decide that separate but equal was not fair. It was not equal protection under the 14th Amendment. And this is the one that's going to uh, integrate the schools. All right, civil liberties, remember those are all those things that we have that the government cannot take away. Free speech, free press, free religion, uh, no unlawful search and seizure, the right to bear arms, all those things, that's what civil liberties are. Uh, First Amendment freedoms. So we got speech, religion, and press that we really worry about. So speech, uh, that is the fact the government cannot stop you from saying some things. Now, there are some things they can't. We went over like some obscenities and, and things like the fighting words and 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 stuff like that. They they, they can regulate that. But as far as you jumping on your social media and saying, hey, I don't agree with the government's decision here, you can do that. Talking to someone, about the government, you can do that. Remember, there are societal consequences though, to the things you say. So the government might not stop you, but there can be some things that happen to you uh, outside of the government's purview. Uh, symbolic speech, that is things like burning the flag. In the case that we're gonna talk about, Tinker versus Des Moines, they wore the black armbands. You know, there are things that you do that aren't spoken, but it's still falling under free speech. In the Tinker case, the one you gotta know, they wore the black armbands to, to protest the Vietnam war, they were suspended for doing that. Uh, And the Supreme court is going to eventually rule in favor of the kids and say, no, that's not a violation of, uh, or yeah, that was a violation. The suspension was a violation of their free speech. They have, have symbolic speech there. Free religion, you got two clauses you gotta remember, the establishment clause and free exercise. The establishment clause, that is the one that says the government will not create a state religion, nor will it make rules and laws that favor one religion over the other. Inger versus Vital is the prayer school case. This is the one that says the school employees cannot lead you in school prayer. It violates the establishment clause. It creates a separation of church and state. But you can still pray if you want to. Free exercise clause, this is the one that allows you to worship how you want to. You can do really almost anything you want to, except for really illegal things, things the courts have deemed illegal. And we get to the wisconsin versus yoder case this is the amish case where they wanted to pull their kids out of school after eighth grade for religious purposes the state law said they can't the supreme court said that well you know what uh that state law violates the amish's free exercise now there's been other cases we talked about uh reynolds uh, the smith case where things were deemed as to not violate the free exercise clause and were deemed illegal or moral turpitude or whatever you want to call it, like polygamy and uh, some drug things. The freedom of press. The press is allowed to uh, write things, critique the government as they want to, except for when it comes to national security. The New York Times versus the United States. Uh, this You might have heard this one, the Pentagon Papers. They wanted to release those. The government was trying to stop them. The Pentagon, if you don't know, the Pentagon Papers was some papers released about uh, America's time in Vietnam and the government wanted to stop that. They wanted to not allow those to be uh, published for national security purposes. The court got them and said, well, you know what? Uh, these are our pastimes. It's nothing current. So the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Boston Globe were all part of this uh, suit were allowed to release those papers as part of their, their paper. The Eighth Amendment, no cruel, unusual punishment. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. There's not a required case that goes with it. We talked about a couple: uh, Firma versus Georgia, Greg versus Georgia, uh, dealt with the capital punishment. We talked about uh, Atkins versus Virginia uh, for mentally handicapped. We talked about Roper versus Simmons for minors. Um, that's what it always always goes to: is the death penalty. Uh, but remember, it's just they cannot do things to you even if it's not the death penalty, they can't throw you in solitary for 30 years and say, hey, they were they're in prison, that we can do what we want to. They can't do that. All right, let's take a break. Welcome back. All right, picking up with MLK and the letter from a Birmingham jail. So this was a letter that Martin Luther King Jr. wrote uh, from jail, obviously, that's the title of it. Uh, And it's about the civil disobedience and about unjust laws. So MLK, remember, practiced civil disobedience, meaning, if a law is unjust or we deem a law unjust, we shouldn't follow it. And so that's what it did and it got him arrested. Okay. Uh, and he ended up in in jail and he wrote this letter, uh, mainly directed at several white pastors in Birmingham about the fact that, Hey, you know, we're out here fighting these, these unjust laws and you're not speaking up. You're not fighting the fight with us basically. And, um, yeah, I don't want to say attacking, but it kind of it kind of was saying, look, uh, any law that's unjust, even if it's just unjust towards one group, is not good for, for everybody. And by you not speaking up, uh, you're part of the problem, basically. All righty. Uh, clear and present danger doctrine comes from Shank versus the U.S. Remember, Shank was protesting the draft during World War I. He got picked up. Uh, appealed his arrest based on free speech. The government said, nope, uh, because of the times, war times, uh, you present a clear and present danger. Therefore, we can take away your free speech. Incorporation, this just means that the states have to apply the Bill of Rights to their laws. They cannot not incorporate uh, those freedoms, free speech, free press, no unlawful search and seizure uh, in their laws. Good afternoon, Eagle Nation. There's Mr. Medina. It is 2.48. All students should be with the teacher or should be exiting the premises. At this time, admin team, we will begin our hall suite. Students, if you are not with the teacher, you will be escorted outside of the school. Thank you for your cooperation. Have a great Eagle day. There you go. The pitfalls of recording at school, you always run the risk of that speaker going off. Anyways, uh, so incorporation, basically the states have to uh, incorporate. Uh, Now, like I said, uh, not like I said, but we talked about a class, the Barron versus Baltimore case, where the the city destroyed his port. And well, the eminent domain doesn't apply to us. That's the federal government. The states for the longest time had argued, hey, the Bill of Rights is an agreement between the federal government and the citizens, not the states and the citizens. Incorporation just says hey, states have to to do to, to apply it. Litigation, that is the process of taking legal action. So if you see something about litigation, that is just going to court, all right? Uh, this is what the civil rights movement, most of their wins was through litigation by taking the separate but equal policy to task uh, with the separate schools uh and going to court and winning those things the sixth amendment this is the one that protects you from uh you know a, a unfair trial so it is this, this the fair and speedy trial so you get a judge i mean you definitely get a judge but you're going to get a lawyer you're going to get um a jury you're going to get to see a judge within you know a reasonable amount of time and all those things Gideon versus the is the one that you know, kind of backs up and guarantees you the lawyer no matter what you've done in this case gideon was accused of breaking into something, a bar or something like that. Uh, and the witness was pretty shaky at best, an old person, maybe couldn't see, I don't know. Uh, and it happened at night, but they said it was Gideon. And when Gideon was arrested, he had asked for a lawyer, but because it was a misdemeanor, he was not given one. And so, uh, he was found guilty. He appealed based on the fact that he didn't get a lawyer. And when the Supreme court gets a hold of it, they agree that yes, everybody, no matter what misdemeanor, uh, felony should have the right to a lawyer. So this is why I tell you, ask for a lawyer. The Voting Rights Act of 1965, this comes after the Civil Rights Act of 1964. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 is one of the most important pieces of legislation uh, that our Congress has ever created, in my opinion. And it is the one that protects you against uh, unlawful discrimination based on race, sex, religion. Um, It did not do much, though, for voting. Okay. So after the Civil Rights Act had passed, there were still voting shenanigans going on uh in different places and trying to basically stop people from voting so the voting rights act of 1965 was created uh to up the protections and to make it safer to register to make it safer to go out and vote Uh, and if you look at the numbers you'll see a huge uptick in registrations for african-americans a huge uptick in actual going out to vote for african-americans and a huge uptick in wins for african-americans that were running for 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 uh for office after the voting rights act and the protections that it created all right, let's take one last break. All right, welcome back for our last section. Just a couple of amendments and then uh, you're done. So the first one is the second amendment. So the second amendment gives you the right to bear arms. Now this thing has been challenged and it's going to be challenged and is always going to be talked about and discussed. Um, as far as the court cases go, let's do DC versus Heller first. So DC versus Heller in this case, uh, the District of Columbia had some pretty restrictive gun laws in place. They said you could own a gun, but it had to be disassembled uh, in your house. And so Heller uh, said, "That's that's not fair. That violates my Second Amendment right, the right to bear arms, by having a disassembled gun." And so he fights it, and he's going to win that case, and that, and the Supreme Court is going to agree with him, saying, "Yeah, that's a too restrictive." Now, fast forward to Chicago versus McDonald. Chicago versus McDonald happens because Heller wins the D.C. versus Heller case. And so Chicago had some pretty restrictive gun laws in place as well. And Chicago was using the whole, well, this doesn't, the Bill of Rights doesn't apply to us as a city. And the Supreme Court is going to say, no, you've got to incorporate the second amendment into your rules and laws, selective incorporation and corporation, the stuff we talked about before the break. And so uh, McDonald is going to win and, and the, the city of Chicago and thus cities across the country are going to have to, to get rid of some of their, restrictive gun laws because the Second Amendment does apply to them. The Fifth Amendment, this is the one that is going to protect you uh, as an accused person from having to testify, from having to talk to the police. So it was originally in the Fifth Amendment, it says you don't have to testify against yourself. And this has been applied now to talking to the police. So this is why I'm always going to tell you, hey, don't talk. If you're being questioned because you're a suspect or something like that, it is best to just shut up. The only thing you should do is ask for a lawyer, okay? Now, Miranda versus Arizona is the one that creates the Miranda rights where you're going to be warned about your rights and the fact that, hey, you don't have to talk to the police. Miranda was accused of attacking, raping a young girl. Uh, Well, I should say young girl. I don't know the age of the person. But anyways, he was caught. He was uh, interrogated and confessed during that interrogation during his appeal, he's going to say, I didn't know I didn't have to talk to the police. And the Supreme court is going to get this case and they're going to listen to it. And they're going to say, yeah, you're right. You should be warned that you don't have to talk or made aware that you don't have to speak, uh, to the police. And so this is why now you're going to get your Miranda rights read to you about, Hey, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you. It's because they use stuff that Miranda had said against him, uh, his confession. And, uh, Yeah, you can't do that. Alrighty. Uh, Now, he did get a second trial. He was still found guilty, even without the confession in there. Lastly, the Fourth Amendment. The Fourth Amendment is the one that protects you against unlawful search and seizure. The only way the police can search you is through three things. They can have a warrant, they can have probable cause, or they can have your permission. One of those three things. Otherwise, it's going to be an illegal search. Now, you know, I don't know every single scenario and every single case that's going to happen for a search. There are good searches. There are bad searches. It is up to your lawyer to decide uh, if it's a bad search and then submit that evidence to the judge and say, look, this is a violation. They should not be able to use this against you. Okay. Uh, Your best bet, if you're served a warrant, let them search, then let your lawyers take care of it after that. Now, you got a court case there, Mapp versus Ohio. In this case, the cop showed up to Dolores' Map's house, wanted to search for an escaped convict because he had some kind of connection to her. She said no. They leave. They came back with a warrant. At least they said it was a warrant. It was actually a fake warrant. And they searched her house, and they found some drug paraphernalia, and they arrested her based on that. She was convicted based on that. Well, she's going to argue in her appeal, that violates my Fourth Amendment. You had no right to be there, and the warrant never showed up at the trial. There was no evidence of a warrant because it was a fake one, And so the court is going to agree with her, which leads us to the exclusionary rule. The exclusionary rule says that illegally obtained evidence cannot be used against you. So if they show up to your house and they just start searching, stuff they find is probably not going to be able to be used against you. Now, if they show up to your house with a warrant and they find other stuff, they'll probably be able to use that. But uh, let's say, so I just got done watching a show called The Wire. It's an old show. It's on HBO. And it's where they did wiretaps of people's cell phones. Okay. They can get search warrants to do taps on your phone where they can listen in on your conversations. If they do an illegal wiretap and they find something, that's going to be a violation of the exclusionary rule. And it's going to get kicked out. There was I, I always bring up, hey, well, there was a case, well, because there was always a case about everything, almost. It seems like, Katz versus the U.S. Katz was a guy; he was doing illegal sports betting or something like that, a drug deal. I can't remember which one, what it was. He was using a payphone. They eventually tapped the payphone. Okay, now his case, they tapped the phone, and it was okay. But if they just tap a random phone and they get something off of it and they arrest you for that, that's going to be violation of the exclusionary rule and get kicked out. All right, guys, I hope you do a great job on all of your final exams, not just mine. I hope you make hundreds on everything. Uh, you pass your classes and you go into the winter holidays with uh, an easy mind and you're able to rest and relax. Uh, I appreciate you listening throughout this semester. Uh, I wish you the best of luck in the second semester uh, with macro. Please know if you ever need anything, I'm always here. I, know I always say this, but you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I, I'm here to help. I've taught macro in the past. I'm teaching a macro course now online, so I'm familiar with the stuff. So if you need something, if you want me to try and explain something to you, uh, I'll be happy to help you. But I I truly wish each of you the best of luck in the second semester. I wish you the best of luck uh, moving forward into college, um, and just uh, I hope you have nothing but success. And I look forward to to following you and seeing your your college career uh, take off and you'd be the best person you can be. If I can ever help you with anything, whether it's social studies or just life, please reach out. I'm here for you, and I want to help you as much as I can. All right, guys, take care. Have a great winter break, and I'll see you on the other side. Take care. Bye-bye.